Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, I'm Billy from the Total Screamers podcast. The Premier League's in full swing and that means it's time to throw on your club shirt and make sure that you don't take a nasty tackle below the waist. Our partners at Manscaped are here so you can stay clean and take care of yourself where it matters most. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all of your below the waist grooming needs with the code SCREAMERS20 at manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping on your order. Hello everybody, welcome back to Total Skippers Podcast. I'm Cyril and today I'm joined by Jake. Say hello Jake. Hi guys, welcome back. Uh, and we're also joined by former Leeds United player Andy Cousins. How we doing? Yeah, very well Andy, thanks for coming on. No problems whatsoever. Uh, so how are you doing with Leeds this season just now? Uh, before we get on to yourself, Leeds are having such a mental season. Um, but it's, it's, it's hard not to talk about it. What are your thoughts on Bielsa? I think he's brilliant, isn't he? Yeah, how can you not? How can you not say it? He's he's God to everybody in here at the minute. Um, <laughs> you know, look. You know, we you look at where we were. You know, two three years ago to where we are now. You know, nobody had ever have, have gone. That's where we're going to end up. Nobody would have thought that we'd have had you know an international manager you know in charge of Leeds United when we had you know realistically you know some strange people in charge of the football club um, <laughs> to say the least. Uh, you know, but I think you know. Look at the team now. Look at the squad. Look at the the backroom staff. Look at everything what's involved with the football club at the minute. It's it's something which you know. I think every football club actually wants to be a little bit. Um, it feels like we've got our club back again. It feels like we've got you know the Leeds United, which everybody fell in love with back in the nineties, maybe even even further back than that. Um, you know, but it's there's just a feel good factor, um, a real good feel factor. With Bielsa, obviously, you know, with the signings we've we've got, you know, with the the way the players are playing, you know, on on match days, um, it's just fantastic, really. You know, you can't really give enough plaudits to the players and the management and the and the chairman and everybody in the back room. For me, it's it's the style of play, it's a personality in a pitch for me that makes Leeds one. Of, well, 
I, I can't think of many teams better this season to watch than Leeds. And even though they have been suspect to the back, but I think, you know, by an improved back line, you're looking at, oh, what a side, what a side it would be. No, I think, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. I think, you know, you look at the way we do play. You know, we've been seeing this, but, you know, let's not forget this. You know, there's a lot of people out there, a lot of these pundits out there at the minute who are, who are praising us. Um, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, because everybody hates <laughs> kind of like that bit. With the praise um, comes with the pressure, doesn't it? Absolutely. But I think the I think what what we're seeing is the same as what we've been seeing for the last two years anyhow. Mm. You know, you know, I, I work on match days down there, and it's the same football as what we were playing when we're, you know, when we finished... Um, you know, behind well, when, when we lost to Derby in the you know in the, in the uh, mm-hmm. playoff final, uh, semi final. You know, that's we've been playing this. You know, the intensity which the players have been playing in. You know, it's no surprise to us. I don't think how we've been playing. I think it's been a surprise to a lot of the other teams of how good we actually are and how technically good we are and how fit we are. You know, the, we are mm-hmm. the fittest team. I was you know, say, I, I, to I, be. without without shadow doubt, we're the fittest team in the championship. But like you look at us now. You know, we're one of the fittest teams in the Premier League as well. I, I still think there's a there's ways to go, but it's um, you know we've been seeing it for two or three years now, and uh, it's no surprise how we play. It's um, and as you say, you know, if we had a settled back four this year without the injuries, you know, I know Liverpool mourn about well they mourn about everything, but Liverpool mourn <laughs> about you know how many injuries they've had at centre back. You know, look at what we've had. You know, we haven't got a squad the size of what Liverpool have, but we've. You know, we've added two internationals out for well, one international Lorente out for for a certain amount of the season. You know, obviously he's coming back in now. You know, you've had Cock out there for you know started the you know that little bit, and then he's obviously out now for three four mm-hmm. months. You know, we haven't had a set a, a set a settled centre to back partnership at all this year. Um, and for a club coming up into the into the Premiership with a small with a, with a relatively small squad, you know, I think. Um, I think it's unbelievable what we're what we're achieving, and we're going to leak goals. We know that, but we're also going to we're going to score goals. You know, West Ham away, we should have. I still think we should have won that game. We, we lose two nil. Um, the amount of chances we had in that second half, you know, Bamford puts that first one in. You know, I think we go on and win that game. I think so. West Ham are definitely. West Ham's form near the beginning of the season, I was I was seeing it as a bit of a false dawn because the, the wins were so narrow. They were narrowly winning. There was a lot of let's say goals that are on the lucky side of goals. Um, <laughs> But the way they kind of they kind of use that narrow margin winning as like a way to build momentum and a decent decent side uh, these days. But Leeds, uh, like you say, um, normally for newly promoted sides, if they take injuries in the back line, that's that spells relegation. <laughs> I think you've only got to look at Sheffield Sheffield United as a prime example. You know, Sheffield United oh, have got four or five players who played every week last last year out mm. you know and that's that's four or five injuries well you know we've had four or five injuries every pretty much every week um, mm. you know and it does you know Chrissy Wilders I, I like Chrissy I worked with Chrissy a bit when I was up at when he was at Halifax when he started off his career and stuff he's a yeah, great yeah. guy he's done a fantastic job for Sheffield United and what Sheffield United are thinking of getting rid of him I do not know um I really don't to be perfectly honest and I think it showed on on Saturday when they you know when they got beat five no or yesterday sorry they got beat five no and you know hecking bottom did a great job. I think I think he did a, did a decent job for us. I think he was hard done by because of kind of who was in charge at the time. But mm. um, you know he was a really nice guy. He's got some good ideas. Um, it's a matter now if he's learned to be able to get them ideas. Hopefully that'll be after us. Um, you know, and we'll get three points against them. You know, which is more important for us at that stage. But you know, we, we, yeah. we're playing some. We are playing some great football. And like you look at Lorente, that ball for Bamford against West Ham. You know, when have we had a centre half who could do that? I you know I don't think. I think you can look back at Woodgate and Ferdinand being the last pairing who could play a ball, you know, through like that. Um, 
We've had defenders, we've had people yeah. like that, but we've not had anybody who can come out the come out with the ball and look comfortable, um, you know, coming into midfield and things like Lorente does. And you know, we've got to remember it's only his, his what's his now be about his fifth game. You know, he's still learning. He's still learning what the mm. Premiership's like. It's not the German league anymore. It's not the Spanish league anymore. This is this is real stuff. It's it's hustle and bustle and and, and stuff. And I think he's uh, he will grow like Cock did. You know, Liverpool first mm. game he, he, he struggled. First couple of three games he struggled, and then he, you know, we could really see what he could do. So I think, I think we've got a crux of a back four, which actually could be really good. We need a left back, one hundred percent. We need a left back. Mm. Um, I think everybody can agree with that. I think yeah, it looks like Alioski is most likely going to leave. I don't think he's good enough um, at this level. I think he's not being not being kind of picked on a little bit. I think teams are seeing a, a weakness of being that left hand side for us. It's easy to pick on Alioski, isn't it? Well, it is. Well, he's tiny. He's, he's tiny. He's a tiny little character, mm-hmm. and he'll have a bit of a go back and, and you know, stuff. You know, he's a, he, look. He's the kind of character you want in the dressing room. One hundred percent. He has a news bloke. He does look like an absolute madman. You know. <laughs> <laughs> like we, we did a we did a call beforehand, and it was um, we asked Pratchett Bamford what um, you know who would it be that you wouldn't want to do lockdown with. This was in the first lockdown in March, and he says Alioski. I, I <laughs> no, no chance. Absolutely no chance. Um, but that, you know he's a live wire, isn't he? But that's that's what we like about him, and he's done a great job for us. And you know, let's if he does leave, then uh, you know he'll leave with his head held high. And you know, let's hope he gets his move which he wants and the money which he which he wants. And mm. uh, you know, he goes and, uh, and and carries on his career as he is. But we need to, we do need definitely one hundred percent. We need a left back to come in there, a recognised solid left back coming in. What about Luke Allen? On the other side, I'm, I'm mixed. I have mixed feelings about Luke Allen. I think on his day, you know, he's he is really, really the intensity in which he runs is a huge part of his game, and um, his right foot is is really good. And he can actually kind of drift and sort of invert himself a little bit as well, which I kind of le- lends him towards looking like a Premier League um, right back. So I don't know if Luke Allen ever thought he was going to make it back to the Premier League. <laughs> he always said that um, you know he was with Arsenal as a youngster, and never really worked out for him. And he had to go down the weeks. I think you look at Ailing, I think you look at all the players who've been with us for a few years now, I think you see what Bielsa's done. Go back yeah, to the yeah. original question of Bielsa, you know, this is what he's he's brought them to, you know. Will Luke Ailing get into, let's say, 70% of the Premier League teams at this present moment in time? And the answer is yes. Would you have said that two, three years ago? The answer might yeah. have been no. Yeah. Um, yeah. I thought Luke Ailing's always been a very, very good fullback. He's He's up and down, he's got lots of energy. Um, you know, his defending has always been a bit... Dodgy at times. That was, that's seemed, the only thing. That, that seems to have got a little you know, bit better one-on-ones and mm. things. Um, you know, he's as fit as he could be. Um, you know, so, yeah, look, for me personally, I look, I look at Luke. I think he's he's been a great buy for us, um, mm. you know, for what we paid for him and what uh, potentially he could if you wanted to, to sell, which I'm sure they won't. But um, <clears throat> he's, he's been a stalwart, really, at that right-back spot. And also centre half, he can he can mix and match it up a little bit. Um, so yeah, I think Luke's been I think he's been a great buy for us, and I think he's a great asset to have in your in your squad. You know, if he's if he's starting week in week out, he can mm. definitely do a job. You know, if he if somebody else comes in, then it'd be it'd be a good squad player. But he's every every right to be in that team at this present moment in time. He should be playing right back, and he should be playing week in week out for Leeds United because he's been he's been fantastic for us. That's well, and yeah, on you go, Jake. Sorry, uh, Andy. Just a quick one about uh, Patrick Bamford. Obviously, when he come come back to the Premier League, there was a lot of talk of whether he could, you know, be a Premier League striker. How much of 
that do you think is coaching from Bielsa or just confidence from Bamford that he's took this chance, he's seized it, and he's really like grown to become a fairly established striker. You know, he's he's scoring a lot of goals and looking comfortable at this level. Yeah, well, Steve Hodge takes the, the full credit of this. You know, mm. we'll give Hodge a little shout out. He, he takes it full um, <laughs> full credit because he had him as a as a kid at Forest. But um, I think you know we 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 as ex players we you know we work on match days down at Ellen Road and. Mm. And we do the hosting, we do the talking and things in the in the in the boxes. And we've for the last two years we've actually said that Patrick does more for the for the team than people realise. Yeah. You know, and I think this year people are seeing that that a little bit more because it's analysed a little bit more. Yeah. And I think that you know what you find with Patrick is he he always got got himself into uh, into position. He he missed more chances last year than he did kind of convert. He should have had 25, 30 goals last year, mm. really. This year seems to have converted them. Now, is that... I, I kind of go back to, to that Aston Villa hat-trick he scored. You know, every one of them mm. goals was, you know, brilliant in, in their own little ways. But that maybe showed him that he could actually perform in the Premier League. And also, the, the one where he's got like three or four defenders around him, that wouldn't have most likely happened in the Championship. And that's most likely because of VAR. Because mm. they would have their hands would have been out on the side and it might have hit a hand and they've said it would have been a mistake or whatever. You know, in the Premiership, you can't get away with that. Um... So and he's also his touch has got better. His his inter interlinking is a lot better than what it was. Um, for me, you know, the Premiership you get. I played in, in in a few leagues, and in the Premiership, I feel that you get more respect. You get mm. that respect from the from the people you're playing with. If your touch is good, they respect you. If your touch is bad, they're on you straight away, and they'll mm. and they'll nick it off you and, and off the go. I think he's touched this year and bringing other players into into the into the to the game and you know his his work rate off the ball. This team really doesn't work that well without Patrick in that team because we need that defender who's our centre forward who starts the whole process off. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Good I think you know his, his his goal scoring record this year has been been brilliant. Um, is he knocking on the door for the Premier for for the for the England call? He most likely is. It'd be interesting when that comes out if he if he does get the nod. Um, I know he's got a bit of an injury at the minute. Hopefully, it's not too bad. I've not heard anything about it, but um, hopefully, it's not too bad. He's, he, he's fit for the next game. But um, I think he's been phenomenal this year. But I think I, I also thought it was phenomenal last year um, because yeah. it was the work rate which he puts in. You know, when you're at the ground and you and you we look at it maybe slightly different because we are kind of analysing it a little bit to ask questions to the lads and stuff. And you see a full picture. You see you see Patrick doing all this donkey work, and it's. And that really starts. He's like, he's like a trigger to to the rest of the players. Of right, this is when we go. Um, and I think that's one part of his game. But the other part of his game needed to be better, which was his finishing. And I think mm. his finishing this year has been a lot better again. So I, I do think there's there's room for improvement as always. You know, I think his finishing could be better still um, to make him a world class, you know, centre forward. But you got to remember where he's come from. And I think mm. again, we go back to. To be also go back to that, you know, you talk about confidence. Is mm. it confidence that Patrick can play in this league, or is it confidence that the manager's given him? You know, last year he, he stuck by him and stuck by him and stuck by him. Everybody wanted Eddie in last year from Arsenal, you know, and and we look at Sheffield Wednesday away. I keep going back to and Patrick just hit the post with his head, um, and he brought him off at half time, and we got battered that second half. And we got absolutely mm. run over. And the reason we got run over because Eddie's a total different player to what Patrick is. Eddie's about two different two different players. Chalk yeah, and Eddie will go out to the, go out to the side. Nine. He won't really do the donkey work. He wants to be in the box. It's a bit like yeah. Ian Wright. Hence, that's why Ian Wright was you know looks after him in that way. And I think yeah. you know it, 
it, total different. And I think that was a, a catalyst for a lot of people to go, oh, actually, he might not be as good without um, Patrick Kane. But I think he's... Bielsa's obviously given him a hell of a lot more confidence and stuck by him and he's his number nine. And if you're a player and you've got an arm around you and you, you, you're being told that you're playing week in, week out, or you're, you're doing a great job for me and everything else, it gives you the confidence to follow, follow that on. I think this year in the Premiership, he's just flourished, really. Um, he could still score more goals and still oh, yeah. you know, places to look at. But I think in general, I think he's been fantastic, to be honest. I think he's proved to me that along there was that sort of narrative near the beginning of the season that because his conversion rate wasn't the best in the Championship, that he would because he's not going to get as many chances in the Premier League, or so they thought. Leeds are obviously up there in terms of of teams creating chances, or they're, they're nearer the top around. Um, but Patrick comes across really, really good in interviews as well. His mentality seems cool, calm, collected, and I think he's an out and out number nine as in a, just a centre forward. Uh, with injuries to players like Danny Ings and stuff like that, second choice, third choice, out and out striker for England. I don't think he's a million miles away from by any means. I think another solid season in the Premier League. You know he's kind of, he's got to make up Southgate if he's still at the wheel. Uh, he's got to make his mind up for him and say you know. Yeah, I, I think the other thing for us as, as Leeds fans, I think you know if he goes off and plays for England, then great. But to be honest with you, we'd, we'd quite like him just to rest and give all his energy to us. To be honest, because <laughs> you know you know the only stance is is he going to play in the? Is he if he gets in England, is he going to play? You know Harry Kane's going to play up front. You know, if he's fit, Harry Kane plays. Yeah, it's yeah. as simple as that. You know, does does Patrick's way of playing fit an international way of playing? Maybe not. You know, we look at Phillips when he when he got in there and Gareth's way of playing was very defensive in that game which he made his debut and that's not how Kelvin plays, you know. Mm. He, he's quite happy to sit in there and pick picking little spots but he had Rice next to him. He's like, well, that's my job. I don't need yeah, you. Yeah, he's just you, playing you know, that sort of linchpin on his yeah, own. And Kelvin was always, he was, he, he was a forward player. Yeah, he's a bit further forward yeah. Declan and, and I think you look at, you know, Kelvin, he's, he's more of that little person who just sits... Sits yeah. here. He reminds me very much at the minute. He, he reminds me very much of what Batty did, um, mm. you know. For us, he fills little holes in, and he's he's intelligent in that way. But he's as as well. Kelvin, we go, you know, we go back for Kelvin. What I can remember, I have conversation with his agent in uh, when we played Newcastle at home, um, and he just went into a shell. He, he confidence was 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 disappearing. And Sharpie rang me and he said, "You know, you're, you're at the game. What what can you tell me about Kelvin? You know, is there something you can see?" I said, "Well, look." I said, the only thing I can see is that he, he tries the hard thing straight away and then loses confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one thing I got told from Strachan very early on in my career was play the easy ball and work your way up. And I think that's what I said to Sharpen. I don't know if he's relayed that back to him or, or not. I don't know. Um, but if you look at certain managers coming in, they wanted him as a as an attacking uh, midfielder. Yeah, he was a 10 originally, wasn't he? He was, he was yeah. in a 10 position. And it was and Bielsa really who converted that. him. He's definitely not that. Um, mm. And then Bielsa's seen him and obviously... You know, we talk about him again. You know, but also seen him and, and, and worked out what his best position is, and he's he's moulded him into possibly at the minute one of the best English holding midfielders um, there is. And I think that's something which you kind of look at and go, well, again, that's coming down to somebody who's willing to learn mm. in Kelvin, and also the the amount of information which is coming in from you know from Bielsa as well. So it's. The whole, all the combinations, are, you know, they all revolve around the manager because mm-hmm. it's you know the manager gives you the confidence to to go out and play, and he's got a philosophy how he wants to play, and you know these players have taken it on. If you don't take it on, like Pontus Janssen never took it on, um, you know he, well, we shouldn't really talk about him, but it frustrates living daylights out of you as soon as you start talking about him. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, 
there was uproar when he left, and then Ben White came in and we saw a Rolls Royce. You know, we went yeah. from a scorer to a Rolls Royce, really, in that sense. Yeah. And Ben Wright, Ben White was was within the players and, and he was in the changing rooms and he was he was one of the boys and that's how it was. Pontus definitely wasn't. And I think what we've got now is we talk about the structure of the club quite a lot when we're talking and it's like you've got a togetherness from the very, very top to the very, very bottom. Um, and everybody's pulling the same direction. I think that's that's why Leeds United at the minute are doing so well as a as a new club coming through. All we need to do now is build that block and that block and that block, and then we can hopefully be a proper force in the Premier League. Um, not spend too much money, you know, mm. and, and and regret it. You know, Sheffield United mm. have spent quite a lot of money this year on not a lot of good players. Um, like Gallagher, Burnley, in terms Matt of buying Burnley, from 20, Sheffield, thirty million or whatever he came for. You know, it's just like ridiculous, really. Um, you can go find a Rafina for seventeen. It's you know that that that's the way you do your business. Well, that's one thing I've, I've always heard about Bielsa. He's very very confident in the signings that he wants. If he wants the player that he wants, that player doesn't want a player that's similar to him. <laughs> they want he wants that player. I can see why um, Leeds have been a wee bit more um, you know um, clever in the buying than Sheffield. I mean, I think it was a bit a bit naive of Sheffield to to spend twenty million on an unproven striker. And they've maybe paid the price of that uh, this season. Go back around to Phillips. I mean, the way I see it as well, in terms of his England career, is Jordan Henderson is nearing the end of his career. He's just about to enter into that sort of twilight area. And if uh, Southgate or the next England manager, whoever it's going to be, because obviously him and Declan Rice both play fairly similar roles in terms of area on the pitch, they do. I'd say they do different jobs, but they do play in the same sort of area. It's going to be, I reckon, like over the next 10 years, it will be that sort of battle between them depending who's on form who's you know who's who's, who's got a huge move or, or who's playing but well in the league who's playing European football things like that comes into question I think it'll be a good battle between them and you know England are just spoiled for players in every position quite frankly <laughs> yeah I think I, I think I, I'd have Kelvin in all day long personally I think um, mm. I think you know you, the, the art of a, an England manager is getting a team together that actually works together um, mm. and having people in positions which they're used to playing Week in, week out. I think the problem is what I've seen when when Kelvin's played a little bit. Some of the players are a little bit behind him in in what his thought process is because he's so used to playing under a Bielsa way. And international football is a little bit slower. Um, does that does that help him in that sense? You know, because it, it should make him have even more time. Um, I think the big thing for Kelvin is what his ambition is to play Champions League and, and that side of it. Does he see that future in Leeds? Does he see that future with somebody else? There's only one person who can say that, and that's Kelvin. And, you know, I think he's already been he's already been kind of tapped up with Villa, you know, as we all know, um, a couple of years ago, and, and he decided to stay. You know, I think if we didn't go up last year, then he would have he would have been, he'd have gone, um, and gone for good money. Um, but I know, he's, I know he's agent really well, and his best mate is Gary Kelly. Hmm. Um, and Kel's the one-club man. You know, Sharpie went everywhere. Um, you know, and I know that uh, Gaz is in there and uh, you know speaking to to some of the some of his, his his boys and stuff. So look, I want Kelvin to stay at Leeds United for as long as his career's going to be there because I think he's I think he's good enough and I think he's good enough to to project us up into up in the league. You know, a lot Definitely. further than where we are. You know, England comes as a I think personally, what comes first now, England or, or the club? I think the club comes first before it's England. It used to be England came first at all cost because you know to get an England cap is huge. Um, you know, I played under twenty one football for, for for England and it was it was great. It was the best thing, you know. But was it anything like my 
my debut for Leeds United. No, not a chance. Um, mm. So you know, for Kelvin, he's got to think about his future of what he's what he wants really of, of, of his football career, where he wants to be on that football journey. Um, you know, he's uh, does it come down to money? Does it come down to trophies? Does it come down? You know. Depends on what's in his head, or if he, he's a Leeds fan and he wants to be at Leeds for the rest of his life, or does he go away and then hopefully come back, or you know, a bit like a Milner potentially. You know, you just mm. don't know, dear. This, these are the things which a player and a and a and an agent and Bielsa factor and everybody else comes in and I suppose helps out everybody really. But um, he's, he's been fantastic. He could have the, the money, the trophies, uh, and, and stay at Leeds, uh, as long as Leeds can continue their development. And I think if Leeds do continue the, the upwards trajectory that they've been on for the past sort of three years, um, he would be a huge part of that. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I don't, see, I don't see why you can't get any trophies at Leeds United. I, I, I don't see it. I, I don't see why that, that can't be the case for, for Kelvin. Um, we've we've talked about this a lot on the, pe- the podcast, Jake, haven't we? And Leeds on their day can be any t- any side. Mm-hmm. Any side, I made a big shout because I thought they were going to go and beat Man United when that when that dart, the first one when they played them at Old Trafford. I I had it down in my head that Leeds weren't just going to beat Man United; they were going to really, obviously, it didn't it didn't work out at all. But Leeds were running at 90, 90 minutes plus three stoppage time. They were still sprinting to get a goal in, and then um, you know that's that, that's the sort of character which is why the I sort of back them. I find is well. The problem I find really now is. What happens with the manager and, and how long we can keep him for? Yeah. I think that's the that's the next step, really. That's the you know I know he said it last week in, a, in an interview that it's like his home and you know and everything else, but and he sees himself being here a long time. Well, he's he's already been here the longest he's ever been to any football club. Um, how long does he stay? Does he do another year? One hundred percent, he'll do another year because he want to listen to forty five thousand people in that stadium <laughs> shouting in the Premier League. Um, and have that feeling of going to all the grounds, I think, with that. But, um, you know, does he then leave after that? And who's who's the successor? He, you know, do we get into that motion a little bit of Leeds fans? It'll be, are you getting into that? Man, you talk about Man United, eh? is it about the Man United when Fergie left? Is it that kind mm. of, that feeling? Mm. Um, even though we might not have won anything, apart from the, the championship, we might not have won anything else from there, but it will feel like nothing's going to better what we've, what we've got at this present moment in time. The interview actually cuts off here briefly, just as Andy is telling us about his uh, victory over the class of '92 in the 1993 FA Youth Cup final. Got on the on the bus and we went down and it was packed and we were just sat there thinking, "Yeah, this is a bit weird. There's a lot of people here." And then um, went and warmed up, came back in, and the police came in and said, "We're going to be 20 minutes delayed because we can't get all the fans in." And you kind of think, "Then, bloody hell, it's you know." It, it, and we, to be fair, a few of us have had. You know, I, I played against Grandpa Say. Uh, beforehand, so it was 22,000, mm. 25,000. Then I think Rob Bowman played against Man United as well earlier that season. Um, you know, for the first team, Sharpie and Tinks have been around it a little bit. Jamie been around it a little bit. So we've been around a little bit, but it, it really gives you that kind of insight of what it's like playing in front of, you know, a proper crowd instead of, you know, you, you sat out playing on Fulton Park, for instance, on a Saturday. Mm. Um, you know, but it, yeah, it definitely gave a lot of us the. That, that, that thought of, yeah, this is what I want to do, this is where I want to be, this is how I want to be playing in front of every week. Um, and then when it comes around, it just it's more of a natural progression into it than than people realise. A lot of people think it's it's going to be hard going in and playing, but it's actually quite easy because that's what you've been training to do. It's like getting a new job yeah. Yeah. and moving into that yeah. job. It's just it's just a natural progression to move into it. Um, you know, and when you're around it for, as an apprentice, for instance, and, and you're, you're there and you're seeing it every day, it's... 
it's just a natural thing then to go in and when you start playing because when you're apprentice you kind of come in and you're scared scared shitless of going into the into the first team room you, you just don't want to go in it's these are my heroes these are my people I've, I've followed these are people yeah you know you, yeah. you've been coming and, and watching and, and and things and suddenly you, you're given two pair of boots to to pair to uh, two people two first team or a first team and a reserve player's boots to, to clean first day in um and you're like oh look, all right okay um you know <laughs> so you, who did you have i had um well gary mack really was the main one and the other gary ones, mack. Um, yeah right and we still speak now it's, Legend. it's weird really Legend. um we had uh yeah we had gary mack uh so i used to get quite a good bonus from macca from, from like suits and everything um <laughs> but he was he, he was great you know he, he was possibly i gotta say i think one of the best players i've seen at at Ellen Road um, if you're ever in trouble you give it Macca and he'd tell you that he'd just say to you you know if you're having a bad game and know what's happening just give it me and I'll sort it out it's fine yeah 35 um, yard too job done yeah he's, <laughs> he, he's, he's he was brilliant um, was Gary Mack but yeah so I had I had his boots and I had Ryan Nichols boots um, to do the first year hmm. uh, and then Ziggy went off he, he left and then um, I just had Macca's boots to do which was quite easy and stuff and then I had for my boots, my, my worst boot boy in the world was Harry Kuehl. It was shocking. Harry Kuehl was your boot boy. Honestly, it was shocking. We had to give him a court case at Christmas because he just well, he, he just refused to do them. Really? He was like, I'm not doing these. I'm not coming from there to do this. I'm not doing that. So I had to get somebody else to do them. We gave him a court case at, at, at Christmas. <laughs> had to get up and sing some carols. Um, so yeah no, but you learn as an apprentice you learn you learn your, your trade and I think going back to what we said about the 23s and stuff it's they don't really learn as much as what maybe life skills we did you know we, we still had to get in on our own We, you know for me it was I, live in, I lived in Bailden so I was like I had to jump on a train and another train and a bus to get into Ellen Road um, I can remember one morning one Sunday morning going in we played on a Saturday Paul Hart had got us in and he was just like right you, you boys I need you in tomorrow. And we were like, it's Sunday. Um, you can't get trains and buses on a Sunday, can you? So I ended up yeah, having to yeah. catch. I came back up. My brother had been out on the piss the night before, so he wouldn't take me in. He could drive. <laughs> I ended up getting on a bike because I missed the bus. And I <laughs> rode along the Leeds Liverpool Canal um, into Leeds, got to Ellen Road. The gates were all closed and everything else. And um, Pete Gumby came down out of his window and just counted us all up. And he just went, right, boy, see you later. <laughs> and we were like, Really? Just wanted but to see was, if you had the, the mental... But that was discipline. Yeah, that, that's did, where you, you had to be there. Time management. If somebody was late, God help them what, what would have happened. But I tell you what, nobody was ever late. Um, so you kind of learn quite a lot as that as that younger group going through. And, you know, as you say, when we we played in the Youth Cup final, we'd, a lot of us had already played quite a lot of games in the in the reserves and mm. things like that. I, I think I'd been pretty much never present in the reserves that year. Um as well, and the, you know, when you're playing reserve game football, you're playing with people who are not playing in the first team. So for us, it was like David Rowcastle was still around when we were playing in reserve football. Hodgie was still there. You know, Lukey played, came in, Mark Beanie came in. We had people who were injured coming in. You know, and when you're playing the oppositions, they were doing the same thing. You know, so you, mm. you learned that you could play against an adult. You know, learning against a, somebody who was playing week in week out in the first team normally, but needed some match fitness. And it was a proper game, you know. They 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 kick lumps at you, um, you know, and that got you ready for for playing in first team football because that's what you all wanted to do. But also worked out if you could take it or not. Yeah. And if you could take it, yeah, then you'd be quicker put into the first team. And you look at the first teams now. We, you know, what have we got now? Seven or nine subs or something we've got now. Mm. You know, we used to have two. 
Yeah. You know, it's yeah. you know, you go back even further, that was one, but like certainly my start of my day it was two, then we had three with a keeper, and then we had obviously five when we were in the European Cup games. Um so you know, it's the game's totally different, but I would love to bring back that that Pontus League or whatever you want to call it, um, which came in and they played and you play against seasoned pros who were coming back from injury or not playing games. And they were also being watched as well by managers because they're not playing, so there's a lot mm. more scouts around and, and things. Now it's a little bit diluted, I think, because they're scared of losing somebody or missing somebody yeah. who's a later developer at 2022 20, kind of age. They, group, they but... can get sucked into the loan cycle as well, can't they? Patrick Bamford spent quite a long time uh, just sucked up in that, the loan cycle as if Chelsea were. Chelsea were just hoovering up every youngster on the planet and then sending them away. <laughs> no questions you asked. About Bam- you forget about how old Bamford was at that point. Yeah. You know, he left he left Forest at um, 16, 17 mm, for a couple of yeah. million quid. Um, so realistically, at that point, you kind of think that he's, he needs to go on loan. I think I think going on loan is a great experience. David Beckham did it at Preston under David Moyes. He Morris. did, yeah. And it's most likely one of the best things he could have done. You know, he played some time, but also realised my first day, I left, I left Leeds and went to Carlisle, a choice of Carlisle Blackpool. My first day at Carlisle, I went out training, threw my kit on the floor, and one of the lads was like, what are you doing? He says, well, somebody will wash it, won't they? <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 you wash it, yeah. take it home and wash it. Yeah. So I'm like, you're having a laugh, and yeah, I've been spoiled. Yeah. And yeah. going into yeah. this thing, you know, if you went on loan to, to, to a club like that, like Beckham did to Preston, mm. you kind of go, you know what? I don't want to leave that club there because I don't want to be in. I don't want to yeah. to clean my yeah. own kit at home and play in front of three thousand fans every week. I want to play in front of thirty five thousand yeah. fans every week yeah. and somebody to fold my kit up and put it on me on my <laughs> plate for me every day. Um, but that's what you just get used to. Yeah. So it's, yeah. I think that loan system works. Edmondson's out on loan at the minute. I think it's great for him. But again, if you're not involved with Bells at the minute and you're out on loan, is it? Does he need? It's great. See, you probably you probably want to be there, don't you? You probably don't want to leave, though. I mean, Bamford was... He spoke about it very recently, actually. I think it was just literally a couple of days ago. Maybe, yeah. And he said, because it was five or six clubs in the bounce, he, he did say that he was getting to an age and he had to sort of... Because he never made one debut or one, one pro game for um, for Chelsea. But he had to drop down into the championship. Um, but he said that was, that was the main part. It was, was because it was a different club every year, wasn't it? Five or six in the bounce. And you think... Oh, I think... I think depends on where you go, I think. You know, I think, you know. Nowadays, I think your manager really puts you into a place which is going to work if he wants you mm. a little bit. Um, you know, and I think that's the thing. You know, that's why he's kind of really kept Shackleton in because he sees something in Shackleton that he don't want him out on loan to somebody else to have a go at him. Um, you know, but I think there's other people out there who he thinks they'll most likely benefit from going to that club or that club. Mm. Yeah. Because I see a similar kind of maybe mentality somewhere. Which I think he's down to a manager, but that, again, that comes down to a manager liking you. It comes down to somebody who wants to help you. It doesn't come down to to you really pushing it or your agent pushing it into that direction. It's the ultimate person who has the say of where your career is going to go is your manager. And we go back to that thing again of if your manager doesn't like you, mm. you're out on your ear. Um, I think a lot of youngsters would swap shoes with Jamie Shackleton at the minute. He's getting <laughs> a fair amount of minutes, so, uh, young Jamie. Um, and he's obviously the starting goalkeeper for Leeds. He's only twenty years old as well, which. Still blows my mind that you're starting goalkeeper in the Premier League at 20 years old, but he has everything melee as well. And I think, yeah, Bielsa as a coach, if you're old, if if you're good enough, you're old enough. Um, a lot of players. And I think that's the good thing with with players coming in; they actually know that. And I think Jacko's yeah. got a great he's got a great squad as Jacko in the 23s, and he's doing a great job with them. Um, there's some really good players coming through a bit further down from that. Um, but like you look at what age they are when they start developing into that first team squad. 
They're not 22, 23. They're 18, 19, 20. They're, they're coming into that squad. And I think, um, you know, it is a, it's a balancing act, I think, from the 23s to how it works. Because really, realistically, now you're not getting... You know, there was a report the other day, was it Klopp who said something? There was one of the under-18s, 19s, who come in with a brand-new Mercedes. Hmm. And he gave him an absolute rollicking. And I know another manager, Leighton Baines, and this is, I won't mention the manager's name, but Leighton Baines came in, he played, played a load of game at Wigan, um, and he'd come in with a Porsche because he'd played a load of games or whatever, got a new contract, came in with a Porsche. The manager got in the car with him, turned around, took him back to the Porsche dealership and asked for his money back. <laughs> <laughs> you're, sticking, you're sticking with your golf. You're not, you haven't played 100 games yet. You're sticking with your golf. Um, and that's most likely a life lesson. Yeah. Mm. You know, you're going to get, because you, you kind of think it's going to be... But if you look at the career Baines had, he had a superb career, Leighton Baines, didn't he? So these sort of things, I think, when they get you that sort of steel. I was reading James Milner's book, and like yourself, came through Product Leeds Academy, never worked out for him, had to go. Um, even though, you know, he was, you know, youngest starter, started at 16 and things like that. He talked a lot about it in his book, um, how it just, like you said, it's just like... Your world's over, but the manager—he's got a job to do, and as soon as you're not in the picture, he's already moved on before you've even <laughs> uh, processed the news. And obviously, you had to do all the—you know—like yourself, cleaning boots and stuff like that. You, I think it does sort of breed these these pros. See these pros when you think about pros like you know, like Leighton Bates, the you know massive old careers, James Milner. They also they all have similar roots and how they've and how. I think I think it, I do think it's a, an influence as well because at the end of the day. Yeah, I think if you looked at a lot of our players who came through, Paul Hart would be most likely quite influential in their their thought processes because Paul really was like your second dad. Really, you saw mm. him more than your actual your own dad, um, <laughs> and he'd give you a bollock and he'd give you an arm around the shoulder. Um, you know, I, I know for some of the lads, he, he looked after their money when they were coming in. They were on thirty five quid a week, thirty quid a week, and he was still looking after their money mm. um, because he knew what they'd go piss up against the wall or go buy. Some for whatever however much money or whatever they just blow it in one fell swoop and he, he yeah. got hold of them and, and, and maybe try to look after them a little bit more. But you know, I think the I think the managers in that sense are very influential. I think you know you look at again you look at the, the comparisons between you know Leeds and the Man United teams. Um, they had uh, Eric Harrison and uh, you know every one of them will also speak really really high of him. Um, you know to bring them through and do what they've done and, and things. And I think this is the thing which. I, I kind of your, your youth team part of it. I saw something the other day with uh, with uh, Jacko. Jacko put it on his on his personal Instagram. I think it was under twenty threes, and one of under twenty threes came past and slapped him on the head. And like it wasn't just me. <laughs> there was Ian Hart had said something. I'd said something. I think there was somebody mm. else. But certainly me and Hart both said, "I hope he's running." <laughs> because that wouldn't have happened, you know. In yeah. our day, God, you'd have been pinned up against a wall. Um, <laughs> You know, we had court cases for the simplest of things because that was discipline. That was that's how you, you get your camaraderie. That's how you know we we pinned somebody up against the um, against the, the fencing and batted balls at him while he was naked. You know, and knocked him out. Um, we put somebody out on Ellen Road. We we you know start ball at naked in a, on a on a medicine on a on a bench. Um, you know, again, he was a second year, and the first years had brought it for, and never never ever did the first years ever do a court mm. case, but. We brought this court case against one of the second team, uh, second years because he wasn't doing his job, and he got if you, if you got a court case and it's mm. get granted, you, you're guilty. You're always yeah. going to be guilty. So, <laughs> yeah, we we pinned we pinned him on again on a on a, medi- on a medical uh, bed, and we carried him out and put him on uh, on Ellen Road outside the chippy. Um, <laughs> left him there for ten minutes. The gaffer came in and said, "What's he out there for?" 
And we told him, he says, yeah, fine, go pick him up in 10 minutes. We left him there for another 10 minutes. Um, <laughs> you couldn't do that now, could you? No, you he, did his job. <laughs> he did his job after that, I tell you. Like, imagine now doing that to somebody. You just couldn't imagine it. Um, no. You can't do anything with no, it. No, you couldn't do that. You, the manager would look out his window and think, oh my God, that's £20 million worth of player out there. Get him in. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was worth about two quid, so we Right, Andy, unfortunately we're out of time, but it's been what a conversation, mate. Really do appreciate you coming on. No problems whatsoever. Uh, thanks very much again for listening. Uh, Cheery bye. Find more great shows or join the team at sport-social.co.uk. Sport Social Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.